tell you what. Oh, gosh. Finally, it's not echoey in here. Seriously. We got some sound paneling put up. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots and lots of the carpet. It installed. almost feels like we're in a different place. Like it was just the totally different palette, you yeah, know. Yeah. I'm enjoying location. It. It's, uh, it's vibey, but you're way over there. You're vibey. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we're back together for another episode. How about that? Yeah, I'll always say that. <laughs> well, here's what we've done. We've um, we've traded an Owen for a swindle, and as everyone knows, that's always an upgrade, right? <laughs> Coincidentally, she also traded an Owen for a swindle. Exactly. It seems yeah. to be a just, pattern. We're just taking Meredith's lead here, which really, that's probably the title of this episode, Taking mm. Meredith's Lead. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the podcast for the, what is this, the fourth time, third time? Um, I don't know, honestly. Maybe third? I have four yeah. sounds good. Four sounds good. Yeah. Why not? It feels yeah. like she's not really a guest. Right. Four people. She's just back. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, clear. Yeah. That's the bring the Meredith in to the mm. podcast. Like, 500 we, listeners. And we we got we'll go to save this. <laughs> and also, asterisk, Caleb's here. Oh. <laughs> Afterthought. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, don't go by your nickname. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't don't make that public. So last <laughs> last uh last couple of times we've been together, we've talked about and really this is kind of the shtick on this podcast. Ooh, shtick. Yeah. Is talking Hebrew. about yeah, the average athlete, which I personally can't identify with, but I've heard that that's what most people want to talk about. Yeah. What we're going to do today is talk about CrossFit from the competition perspective because Meredith has been killing it for, you know, Long time. We How say many long years? Time. Yeah. That's a good question. How many years have you been doing the competitive stuff? That's a great question. Thanks. Um, honestly, so competitively since 2016. So how many years? Holy moly. That? Six yeah. years of There's been different hard. iterations, though, of what that's looked like Correct. with exactly. intensity. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. But that first switch flip was like game on. That was 2016. Right. And then since then, it's just been this like process of discovery how would you say it? Like, how far can I take this? How much do I want to get involved with this? I mean, it was a little bit of like, turn it up, turn it up. And then it felt like there was a little bit like, oh my gosh, let's do this. Right. Exactly. It was like, like you're driving a car all of a sudden you're like passing all these other cars and then you see open road and then it's just like hit the gas as hard as you can. Yeah. Yeah, Let's see where this takes us. Right. Right. Which it's taking you pretty far. (laughs) You have, you have yet to run out of gas, right? So what we want to talk about is like, there's a lot behind this. And I think there's a little bit of a mystique, like, and and people who participate just at a class level like me, or there's a lot of misconceptions of like, oh, well, just, and Hunter talks about this all the time, Caleb too. They just have the genetics, man. It's just like, you know, they won the genetic lottery and that's what gets you there. And I'll never be that good. All that kind of stuff makes you want to throw up, right? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think that it kind of, um, downgrades, I guess to say, uh, the amount of work that it takes. And it's not just what people see at the gym. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, well, if I could spend four hours at the gym, I could be as good as you. Well, I, but- I do spend four hours at the gym. I, it's only 30 <laughs> minutes actually being active. The rest is uh, drinking a C4 and talking to people. But- That's pretty common up at Coyote. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but you mean actually working out for four hours. Yes, right? and just what it takes outside of the gym because I literally physically could not survive four hours in the gym without the time that I spend thinking about and um, really dedicating to recovering my body for training again the next day. And so that's kind of like the foundation that I've laid the last couple of years that has enabled me to kind of push it real hard. Like I said, hit the gas this past year because 
if I hadn't, then there's no way that I could have even functioned training at the level that I was training this past year. Yeah. So what? What is that? That's a question. You um, had, Kim, well, right? no. What one does thing that I'm look like. I'm just one thing I'm curious about is what were we talk about this six years where it really kind of became a sole focus. But what does that look like as far as the things you mentioned outside of the gym? Was there? What are some of the things that people don't know that I think go into not just being at the gym, but all the things that are done not at the gym? Right. So what does that look like and what has changed in the last six years? That's a good question. So in 17 and 18 um, was when we did team. And that's kind of when I was just dabbling in it and just enjoying it and having fun, spending time with my friends at the gym. And then 2019 was when I decided to do it individually. And so that's when I kind of shifted focus to, okay, this isn't just for fun. I'm not just hanging out at the gym. I'm actually, you know, trying to achieve something. And then, you know, the CrossFit season changed and then COVID happened. So there was a couple of years there where I felt like I was just kind of churning my wheels. But as I look back, I know now I was laying a solid foundation for hitting another gear and going a little deeper into heavier training and all that stuff. But what it looks like is, you know, and I know you guys have talked about this many times on the podcast because it always makes me Google a little bit what works for the common person going to the gym. So you say also works for the competitor. Um, It's as many hours of sleep a night as I can get. I get to bed at 10 every night and I get up at eight and it's the same thing every day, whether it's a weekend or a weekday because I know my body needs that amount of time in bed. And then it's routine. I get up every day. I do the same thing. I get uh, 20 ounces of water first thing in the morning. I get a solid breakfast in that I know is going to help get me through training. It's packing my snacks, making sure I have plenty of carbs and nourishment between workouts when I'm at the gym. Um, As soon as I finish my last workout, it's 30 minutes in the sauna to make sure my muscles are recovering and getting healed up. And then from there, I get a huge lunch, go off to work for my four hours of the day. And then from the time I finish work at 8 p.m., it's a sprint to get back into bed. So it's normally, you know, fixing dinner for me and my husband. And then a good 30 to 45 minutes stretching, foam rolling, lacrosse balling before I get into bed and then go to sleep and repeat. Yeah. So it's literally rinse and repeat every day. All day. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about as you've gone through that journey and it's transitioned into you kind of taking the different steps and the different gears that we've we've kind of alluded to. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you switched to joining the Proven team from doing the Coyote Competitor Program mm-hmm. a year ago, mm-hmm. it's been. Right. Talk about that transition and what that was like and what ultimately made you want to explore potentially doing a different program absolutely with Hunter still coaching you yeah so um, my first year at semifinals with the new format I finished I think 24th out of 30th and I had been you know doing all the stuff that I said before so basically devoting my days to this and to get 24 24th out of 30th when only the top five move on to me was not worth it I knew that I needed to make some sort of a change Because for me to devote your life to something and not achieve your goal or not even be close to it is kind of demotivating. So Hunter and I sat down and I just needed to do more. And he didn't have the time or the energy with, at that time it was three gems, but he knew two more were on their way. Um, 
to devote to just focusing on me. And I felt self-centered because I was always asking him for programming and stuff to do for me because I knew that I needed more. And it was distracting him from what his goals were. So we just decided to kind of outsource that. And um, there's a lot of different programs out there. But I had seen personally proven work. And I also, you know, this is back to a a reference to my husband. He's big time um, Rich Froning fan. And we this were is a well-known fact, <laughs> but I mean, Crush to be fair, been. who isn't? Right, right. right. So yeah, if he it were it up to, to a him, different level, though. he does. You know, I've had to ask him not to embarrass me a few times in the warm-up area when we see him <laughs> at different competitions because you know he's just such a fan. But anyways, we were watching a mayhem video one time, and I see Shane in the background of the the video, and there's a girl really struggling on a handstand walk workout. And he just goes over there, literally stops what he's doing with Tia, walks over to this girl to coach her up on the handstand obstacles so she can finish. Meanwhile, the rest of the Mayhem crew was just going on about their business. And so in my mind, I was like, at that moment, that's who I would want to coach me is someone like that, you know, willing to stop what they're doing and help someone that just needs a little bit of encouragement. So at that time, we decided to just try Proven and this this whole year was just, uh, okay, for me, I just want to see if I actually do have what it takes. Because you talked about that before in, in the earlier, <clears throat> earlier in the podcast about, mm-hmm. you know, I struggle with that as well. You know, does my body actually have what it takes to perform at the highest level? You know, as a competitor, you hope and you want it to, but you, you're not really sure because when you're competing – you feel like you're giving it your all, and then yet you're getting 24th out of 30th, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of this past year was proving that to myself. And after a grueling year, I'm not going to lie, you know, proven is amazing, but it is incredibly difficult. And the last month before semifinals was one of the hardest months of my life because not just I had a lot going on outside of the gym too. We traveled a good bit and had some personal things, nothing bad, all positive things, but all those things still distract you from regular training. And it was just difficult. And so I really had to to look at like, is this something I really want to do? And um, after the semifinal, even after the first day, I was like, gosh, is this really worth it? But then to watch your labors come to fruit I guess you would say Mm -hmm. um it was totally worth it so it was really really a fun fun year and a fun experience and I've said this before around the gym that this past year was the most fun I've had training in my life because every week I came in with things that I didn't know if I could do it and then I was able to do it and that to me is one of the most fun things you can do. It's something we talk a lot about the relationship between the average person coming into the gym or the not average person in the on the far end away from fitness, mm-hmm. um, the average American you could say coming into, and then you have the average gym goer who's like average know, shows. Like yeah, you just right. have all these different layers of people who we you know in a lot of senses there's the same thing is programmed to benefit everyone, and there's different levels of that. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to I think coming to the fact that like you're going to come into a situation where you're not sure if you're going to be able to do it and no matter what that looks like 
on the outside to you, that challenge and overcoming it is what I think builds a lot of the, the mental toughness that we talk about and just some of the like changes to your, um, your view of life and challenges that come in life outside of the gym. Absolutely. You know, it just builds that confidence, not just as a competitor, but just as a general human being. And to me, that's the coolest thing about CrossFit because every day it's going to be something different, right? And sometimes you might be able to do it. And don't get me wrong, there are a lot of days where I came in and I couldn't do it, but I tried and I gave it my best effort. And knowing that, leaving the day feeling accomplished like that is what drives me. You know, the competing is fun. It's cool. But the best part to me about being able to do this is the day in and day out of just feeling like, golly, I came in and I just did all of that. And I feel so accomplished. For a lot of people that don't know, too, your jump from 24th out of 30 is not 30 people. It's from 60,000 in North America to 120 and then divided into four groups of 30. So you're still talking about a very, very high level But even within, and we talk about this a lot because we see it, but there's different tiers as you start to get closer to what it takes to go to the CrossFit Games where you, you know, you're taking five people from these, you know, basically pools of say average 15, 20,000 people, but you've got different tiers and levels and you just came off of ninth place finish at Syndicate. Um, How would you describe kind of the jump as far as progress for a lot of people that hear 24 to 9 maybe doesn't seem like a big jump, but how would you describe what you feel as far as the success of that feeling of 24th out of 30th, it doesn't seem worth it, I still feel so far away, to now what you've said is, I know I'm there. You right. know, just now you're to a point where it's the littlest thing right. can put you into that top five. Honestly, it's mind-boggling for me, and I'm the one who went through it, right? I still can't really wrap my head around the amount of progress the past year. Um, and Like I said, this past year, it was all about learning or telling, discovering myself that I had what it takes and then seeing, okay, I know now what it takes and I'm willing to do whatever to make it happen. And so I'm excited about this next year because it gives me a year of practicing what I know will get me there. Yeah. In this past season, you know, I feel like you put me in a different semifinal and I'm there. But for some reason, you know, I ended up at the syndicate. I think that's God's plan. And for some reason, I was 20 points out of um, eighth place, which would have been a last chance qualifier position, which would have given me another chance to make it to the games, whereas 30 girls move on to that and the top two go. So who knows if I really would have been able to make it out of that. It would have been incredibly competitive, and it would have distracted from my training for next year. Um, but I still look back, and I think five more wall balls in a workout, half a second in another, and I'm in that eighth place position. So just knowing that in my heart gives me so much confidence to attack this next year. Um, so it's really exciting. It's crazy to think about. And it's like you talk about, there really are tiers within the tier. You know, it's like there's 30 girls at this competition, yet we're broken up into three heats, and there's really only 10 fighting for that top five spot. So not only did I pass, you know, whatever, how many girls that is um, between 24 and 9th, but all the girls that were getting better as well. And I know they were working just as hard as me in the gym, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think, the attention to detail outside of the gym that has really helped me. And I have to give props to Hunter on that because he not only taught me everything that I'm doing, but held me accountable to it as well. 
And I think that's one of the benefits of having a brother as a coach is he knows me sometimes better than I know myself. And uh, he's not going to let me get away with anything. <laughs> that does sound like Hunter. <laughs> Can't confirm. That raises a question for me because one of the main things we've talked about over the past, I guess, year is the mental state of uh, mainly just working out, but now we're talking about competing. Yes. When I hear you say five wall balls, half a second here, half a second there, you, and that gives you confidence. <laughs> Opposite, I'm like, I would freak be, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be at the movies this is the last shot. Of popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, like, so what is like, Yeah. what have you had to do? I guess going from 24 to nine is confidence within itself but even still those small things that keep you from getting that eighth place spot like you're talking about like over this past year of change has there been like a mental shift as well that's absolutely going on that and that to happen? i'm glad you asked that question because yeah. in my mind that's the biggest thing that has changed for me this past year is my mental side um hunter has always believed in me but i don't know if i believed in myself and he just really encouraged me to go through some past childhood traumas and just kind of see where that lack of belief in myself comes from and there's you know little things from different coaches in my past and little situations from teammates in my past that I just kind of rediscovered and I got um, a counselor so it's like a a mental coach that he doesn't live here he lives in um he lives out in Colorado so we would literally um Skype our conversations and he would do it was like Almost like it's called brain spotting is what it is. And it seemed like Eastern medicine, kind of like hypnosis type stuff. But I would have like these super intense reactions to the brain spotting. And what it is, is we go through an old trauma and he would have me stare at certain places and then just kind of go through. What is that that music called? It's like LDR, LMDR. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, ASMR? Yes, that. And oh, no, 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 no. No, you're talking about the frequency stuff? Yes. Yeah, that's not ASMR, but I know what you're talking it's about. It's something like that. So my sister is going to kill me because she's a counselor, and she's the one who got me in on this, yeah. and she knows all the terms. So shout out to Reagan. She's the one who got me onto this counselor. Um, and it, she just came across him one day on a podcast, so I have to really say it was a God thing. He pushed her onto that, and something spoke to her to reach out to me. And then I felt the need to reach out to him, and then, he started working with me, and then before I knew it, we were having these sessions. And like I said, I was reacting so intensely to some of these past traumas that it was almost – there was one session that I got a migraine. I felt like I was going to throw up, and I was intensely sweating from staring at a spot on the wall. Mm-hmm. It was wild, you guys. EMDR is what, is what you're thinking. Yes, yeah. thanks. Um, connected with the eyes and the brain and yeah you're a counselor now right highly, it's highly researched yes yeah, because it, it's so effective it goes into your subconscious you mm-hmm. know all the feelings that you felt in that moment that you stuffed down which I'm terrible about doing um, it brought them all back up and then it flushed them out mm-hmm. and so I felt after every session lighter and lighter and by the time I got to my competition it wasn't there anymore you know those past that past weight and I would get into competition sometimes and be afraid and feel like the weight of the world was on my shoulders on that competition floor. And I'm just staring at the clock waiting for the workout to be over. And I was like, why am I like this? When I, when I'm out on the competition floor, I'm not doing this at my, at my gym at home when I'm practicing it, what am I so afraid of? And so I had to do a lot of, you know, soul searching on what that, what that fear comes from. 
and I struggled with it the first day at the at um the syndicate. But the cool thing was was I was able to like get to the other side of that and the rest of the weekend was some of my best performances that I've ever had. And so to me that's the biggest win of the entire year was still having to struggle through that battle on the first day of competition and then fighting through it and getting to the other side. And now, you know, it's like a, a ghost in the past. It's not even here with me anymore. That's fantastic. We talked so much on this podcast about the difference between the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. You've been in growth mindset and you're talking about turning the dials on what that actually means for you personally. And it's completely fascinating to hear you describe like most people think it's like, well, what's your squat clean? Like how fast do you do Fran, you know, and could you do this? And could you do heavy grace? And so all that stuff that goes on, but I've always thought the people that are separated, when you watch them interviewed on, you know, those next like specials and stuff, like that person's got something different between the years, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and speaking of rich, you could see it. Like when he was nearing the end of his individual competitor phase, there was something going on when he would get, down and out and then some sort of switch flips and he looks like a maniac you right. know and the proven team's really good about this too like you can tell that they're like they're centered in a way where they don't have to go through that dip like froning mm-hmm. but kind of became known for it was like oh he's making a comeback you know but the proven team it, it seems like proven's always up and to the right and if there's some workout that goes wrong it's like we're going to talk about it afterwards boom we're right back in it it mm-hmm. just seems like that the mental game and so you've got this um, programming that's coming out of that camp. And also you've got this emotional health and awareness, like totally comprehensive. You're talking about what's going on from past trauma, how much sleep you're getting at night, packing your snacks, you know, <laughs> what your daily rhythm is. And then you have people that get, let's be honest, people get a little judgy because they're like, oh, well, you know, she was born in Owen. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that really how we're going to talk about this? But there's really inspiration there. And you alluded to this earlier. I think it's a beautiful point. There's inspiration there for everyone. You know, you don't have to be like shaking Castro's hand at some competition somewhere for this sort of stuff to benefit. We talk about it a lot, like get enough sleep, make sure you're hydrated, Mm -hmm. what's your nutrition like? Mm -hmm. That sort of stuff is the foundation that because you've been disciplined in those things over so long, you were able to say, all right, I know that's dialed in. What's next? That that's just really cool to see. I'm like, I'm in a place where I'm wanting to say congratulations. Not that you need it, but congratulations for taking that step of like, I would be willing to investigate and be curious about that. And then to have it pay off. How cool is that? I'm curious to know just some things about syndicate specifically, because I know a lot of people got to watch and mm-hmm. we were at the gyms watching, but what was the experience of the workouts? Was there any highlights and low points of yeah, the weekend? And absolutely. what did you, so first off, I guess just about the workout specifically, like getting yeah. into the CrossFit side of it. Beside was, the wall balls, apparently. Uh, the, the extra <laughs> apparently couple wall balls. Point yeah. of contention you've just already mentioned. Only today. seven no reps, but I'm not counting. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the first day was really tough because I expected to be, um, so I came in in the second heat, they do it in tens, right? I came in 11th place and I expected to knock myself into the final heat after day one. And that didn't happen. I had my lift finished 12th at the syndicate where it would have been top five at every other North America semifinal. So we had a ton of strong girls, which I was shocked, but I also didn't. Um, didn't execute like I could have 
I hit my first two lifts and my last lift, I kind of went for it. And that was one of my lessons that we kind of talked about is maybe got going a little bit more conservative. I took a 10 pound jump instead of a five pound jump. Although I do think I still could have hit it. It was a, a technique thing. I just lost my jerk a little forward. And I remember sitting in the stands in between that event and the next and talking to my mom about it. And I was like, look, I got to just mourn the loss of that lift and then move on because I got five events like the lift is not going to make or break me. Um, And then the next event went even worse. I, I didn't even look at the leaderboard until the end of the weekend, but I know I think it was my worst finish. And it's stuff that I'm great at. It was <clears throat> um, uh, echo bike and a sled push and then some dumbbell work. And I actually, it was like dumbbell burpees. And burpees is normally one of my slowest movements because I'm tall. And I caught everybody on the dumbbell. So it was like I knew all my work. I've been working on burpees all year long. I knew all my work was paying off there. What in the world happened on the two things that I'm good at? You know, and so I don't know if I slept two hours that night because I was like, this is for the birds. Like, I, this mm. is not worth it for me to come in and hope to be top five. And here I am sitting at the bottom of the second. Yeah, the bottom of the second heat. So I think I was like in 19th place after day one. And so I just I couldn't I really could not figure out what had happened in that second workout. And I was thinking round and round and round about it. And finally, I was like, you know what? Who cares? Um, I have nothing left to lose now. So I'm just going to go after these next workouts. Like, I literally am going to give my heart and soul into them. So the next workout was one I knew would be good for me. It was a legless rope climb in the run. And I crushed it. I think I got, like, fifth on that workout. Um, And so it was a good boost going into the rest of the weekend. But that was the turning point for me in the mental side. Whereas, like I said, I would get out on the floor and I would feel some sort of fear. And I don't know what the fear is of, if it's like of looking silly or a failing or, you know, of doing poorly. But in my mind, what's worse than not giving your all and finishing in the bottom? You know, if I give my all and finish in the bottom, then that's I gave my all. But holding back and not giving my all, like I can completely control that. And to me, that's the absolute worst. So at that point, I was like, from here on out, I don't care what the workout is. I'm going to literally give everything that I got. And so we had that one. And then the next one was um, a long workout with some wall balls. And like I talked about the no reps, but I came out and I was leading my heat the whole time until like the end. I fell off a little bit. And that's still an area of growth is my in my um, aerobic capacity. But I still finished, I think, 12th on that workout. So I was pumped and feeling positive and just it's crazy how you can have the same place finish in the first day and the second day and feel so completely different because Mm. the first day I just felt like I left all the cards on the table and the second day I felt like I'd given everything that I got, if that makes sense. Um, And then the third day um, I knew that I had to do everything that I could in the first workout to get to the last heat because they kind of reshuffle the leaderboard before the the final event and I just my goal is just to get into that final heat at that point I think I was sitting in like 12th overall so I'd come back a little bit but not enough to be in the final heat and I came out blazing in that workout and (laughs) the the um the videographer did not do me any favors because at the end of the workout I think 
it looks, I lay down on the mat and he just films me laying there and it looks like I've left my body. <laughs> my soul is gone. <laughs> There's just a shell there. But again, that, I call that Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the workout I think that I'm most proud of because um, I'd practice. It was the only workout I had practiced and been nervous about because I had come out too hot in practice and just had to break it up a bunch and rest a bunch. So I knew where I needed to like kind of pace it a little bit and rest, but I decided to do it and still continue to push. If that makes sense, I paced it, but just right. And so it was really like a, a, a home run workout for me. And then the last, and it pushed me into 10th. So I got to be in the last heat on the last event. And that was like, one of those moments that I'll hold in my heart forever. Oh, I'm going to get upset thinking about it because I was walking with my brother Hunter and he's continually refreshing the leaderboard. And like I said, I wasn't going to look at the leaderboard all weekend. I didn't want to be in that headspace. And he just looked at me and he was like, you're top 10. And he gave me the biggest hug. And I was just like, that moment will forever be in my heart because to see the excitement for in his eyes for me was just incredible. Sorry, guys. Yeah, quit. No, we're here for the <laughs> best dog. I know y'all aren't used to cry. having emotional women in, no, in no. your room. Well, we cry, <laughs> but we make, we make Chase stop the, stop the recording. We, and cut, then we a cry. Yeah. <laughs> then cut a lot out. Cut a lot, especially me. Yeah. So you're safe here. Anyways, um, so yeah, that was a really <laughs> special moment. And then the last workout was just enjoying it, enjoying the moment. And um, it was a fun workout. It was heavy stuff and high skill stuff and – I think I got like a minute and a half faster on the competition floor than I got in practice just because of the environment. And the coolest thing about the syndicate is they're, they're so athlete friendly. All they care about is the athletes having a great experience. So they gave us these passes at the end of our lanes for our family to be. Of course, we only got one, one pass because the rest were, was for VIP. But my husband, Lee, was sitting there at the end of the um, – the competition floor just waiting for me. And so as soon as I finished, I got to run straight into his arms and give him the biggest hug and watching him and how excited he, he was for me. You know, that's the stuff that makes it all worth it. Cause it, if you're doing it alone, then it's not fun, but having these people in your life that care about it just as much as you do, if not, <laughs> if not more, um, it's really special, you know, there's like a team Meredith vibe. I love that. Because you would say, and you've said before very publicly, like you're not getting to these places by yourself. There's a support network. So for you to be able to share that with the support network, that's that's pretty awesome. Exactly, exactly. And my, I, I haven't mentioned Lee a lot in all of this, but he's had to endure a lot from me for the past year. You know, some some days where his laundry wasn't always made. <laughs> he might have had to do Let's dinner. Go. That's good for him. That's good yeah, for him. don't apologize yeah. for that. Exactly. We're going to cut that out of the <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been incredibly distracted um, this past year. You know, every Saturday I'm at the gym till 4.30 or 5. And so he spent a lot of, you know, weekends at home alone or afternoons waiting on me to get back from the gym. And that's something that I didn't realize how much it meant to him until we were there in that moment. And that was really, really something special for me, too. Lee so, gets to load up the women's bar and then just dream of being on the being floor. Able to pick it up. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm curious, did, was there anybody there, any other competitors? What was the relationship like with the other competitors? Because yeah. I know that's something that you've spoken of yeah. with the training camp specifically, but 
following a program that a lot of the other athletes like Tia and Mm -hmm. Brooke and a lot of uh, other proven athletes, I know you got to go to camp with them, but Mm -hmm. also what's it like, I guess, behind the scenes of the event with them? I'll talk about the training camp first because that was another super special moment for me in CrossFit. It's like we do this because we enjoy training, right? CrossFit is just working out all the time. And so we got to go up to Nashville and train with Tia and Brooke. And I was super flattered because they put me in in their group. So I'm with Tia and Brooke working out against them all weekend long. And Tia is pretty, you know, robotic in that she is on task all the time and she doesn't say anything she shouldn't. And she, you know, she just comes across as all business. And there was a moment in the weekend where she and I are side by side in this workout and we're hit we're hitting these squat cleans in the middle of a workout that I don't know if I can hit the weight. It's really heavy for me. It's like 90% of my one rep, but Shane's sitting there watching me. She's side by side with me. I'm like, I have to hit it. I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I'm after a full weekend of training. So I'm kind of sore and I just went for it and hit the easiest 225 clean of my life. And she just looks me dead in the eye and she's like, let's go. Like that's so strong. And to have her be in that moment with me was so cool just to experience her just not as a robot, but as a real person and that to be channeled towards me was super fun. And then Brooke is just super down to earth. She's a Southern girl too. I didn't realize until we'd been talking for a little while. She's from Arkansas. So I guess we kind of connected on that aspect, but being around them and just watching their professionalism and how down to earth they are was one of the most fun things that I've gotten to experience in CrossFit. So fast forward to the syndicate, they, neither of them were there. Tia was in um, Australia and Brooke was the following weekend. So I got to sit down and talk with um, Christy Aramo. She was the main one that I was kind of with because after the first day, we literally had the same exact score. So we're sitting there talking about the workouts and what we're planning to do with them and just kind of got to connect all weekend long. And again, it's like this girl that I've looked up to my whole life. And here she is, you know, telling me what her plan is on the workout and how we're going to execute it so that we get in the final heat. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Say that again. You said how we're going to do it. (laughs) Exactly. Like (laughs) developing those connections was, was super cool. And so, you know, after that we connected and talked on Instagram. So it was just cool to, be able to be there with these people I've seen and, and be seen as a peer and not just, you know, a fan. Does it help to know them when you get to the competition? And does, is there any comfort or is it just straight to nerves, just like any competition, like yeah. anytime you're competing against that person? Or does it help you just realize like, oh, no, I know that person. Like we talked, I, realize, I they're nervous too. Like yeah. they're, they're going through what I'm going through. Right. They're kind of, they're human as it's well. It's a little of both because you're competing against them still. You know, like it's in, it's fun to have friends, but it's also hard to have friends in that situation because you want to beat your friends. And I thought about that. The weekend after me was the Mac and it, I knew everybody in the first and the second heats. You know, it's 20 girls that I know that I would have been competing against if I'd been at the Mac. It's just, it's crazy the the further I get into my CrossFit career, how many friendships and connections I've made, which I know is, is really the bottom line, right? How many people we can kind of get to know. But yeah, it's, that's to me, one of the coolest things about CrossFit is there's nobody that really understands what I'm doing day in and day out than my competitors. 
So we have a bond and connection that is really hard to understand because, yeah, we're competing against each other, but also nobody really understands us like we understand each other. And so it's cool to be able to be around people that are so like-minded. I'd imagine it's kind of like how famous people uh, like bond probably because no one else understands like all the random crap you have to deal with, like when you can't go in public and all that stuff. Like Mm -hmm. we can imagine it, but at the end of the day, we're like, oh, that'd be awesome. People love it, you know, and they they, like are on a different language. And I have a feeling with all the all the little things that you have to do. Like I was and, thinking, bald people, all my bald friends, all the bald friends. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody gets me like they do. Yeah. But, so I guess we all have our our communities. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Sly marks from your barber and yeah, exactly. Et yeah, like what are you doing here when you walk into the barber shop? You know, so that's a different podcast. So, what does the next year look like? What's a season look like? I think when we talk about the gym, we're just like, man, I hope I can make it to the gym tomorrow. I've yeah. got to be there. These guys, I'm really looking at these guys. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, I know they're just, they're trying to get there. Yeah. Um, but what does a season All look day, like? The season is is 12 months long and it's planned out specifically. It's not just, I'm going to work out this week. Right. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. So right. what does that look like from now? I know the games is, comes up in August. Yeah. But for for you, this is a year where you're not going to the games. You get two months of training that right. their focus has to shift to there. And so you can kind of take a little more time exactly and focus it, on next year. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier when I said that, you know, it didn't work out for me to make it to the last chance qualifier this year, which I think is going to end up being a good thing. Um, I've taken the last, it's been three weeks. So I've got one more week of kind of going, taking off. So I took two weeks completely off the last week. And then next coming week, I'm going to just do the class just for fun, not try to hurt too bad. I'm trying to kind of ease my body into it so I'm not just brutally sore when I get back to full training. But um, full training is, you know, getting in with a full day, four to five hours, and then I'm going to try to train for a half marathon because my plan is to get a lot better um, aerobically. And so if I have something to kind of shoot for as a goal, then I'm going to probably take it a little bit more serious. So um, Hunter and Claire, they're going to do a full marathon in, um, I think it's November. So I'm going to try to train for a half and run that with them. And then <clears throat> that'll be kind of the end of my off season. So that's what off season looks like is getting that aerobic base and just kind of building from there and then moving back into preseason in January and February. So it feels like a long year, but it's really kind of short because all it's really focused on is getting those weaknesses sharpened as sharp as we can get them by the time it, it is time to hop into season. Other than the other than the run, the endurance work, is mm-hmm. there anything that's going to be different this year than the last year's 12-month getting ready? I know you talked a lot about, which we got to see a little bit of that and kind of being behind the scenes, knowing like, all right, you kind of get kicked in the face a little bit with the new program because yeah. it really is like, all right, this is a new level. Right. And so there's that adjustment this year without having that adjustment and knowing what you're getting into. Right. Is there anything else that's going to be different maybe about the like your lifestyle factors outside of the gym or any yeah. other choices you've had to make? So last year I really wanted to try to compete a good amount because <clears throat> I felt pretty inexperienced when I was out on the floor last year at semifinals. This year I didn't feel inexperienced. I feel confident about, especially after that kind of mental shift, I feel confident about my ability on the competition floor. So I kind of decided that I want to just focus on training this year. So like last year I did Wadapalooza, I did Pensacola Beach Brawl. 
I might do Pensacola again. I might not. I haven't decided yet just to kind of kind of have some fun again because, like you said, it is a long off season. But this year, knowing what I'm getting into, I just want more of it. And that might sound a little bit crazy to people that just like to get there one hour into the day. But I enjoy, like I said, that daily grind of being in the gym for a long amount of time. And competing just kind of messes that up because I have to take some time off and then compete and then take some more time off and then I can finally get back into my routine. So I'm going to try to focus on staying in that for the full year and and see kind of what happens from that. I'll just take a side note here. This is what's really great about this conversation and the conversation we're typically having about Mm -hmm. the regular us who are here for health, fitness. We love the we love the fun of of being able to channel this competitive feel in us, but that's not the factor that drives us to work out. Mm -hmm. But it's great that you mentioned even for a competitor, competing isn't always healthy. Like competing doesn't help your fitness. Competing is the result of your fitness, but what competitors realize is that competing is what you do at a very specific time and if you were to just compete all the time, it's going to have a detrimental effect overall in the long trajectory. And so we talk about this a lot, the, mm. the temptation to be with the buddies and, you know, to want to compete at every single day, showing up to the gym, feeling like you've got to send it because everyone's judging you. It's like that is couldn't be further from the truth. The competitors who actually do this at the highest level, they don't even do that. They're recognizing the the limiting factor of feeling that you know, That's all right. the things you have to do to try to be at 100% instead of just saying, you know what, I'm going to take the trajectory of over time getting better every day and not feeling that. That's that right. Sense? Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. It's hard hopping into the class and everybody, you know, giving me a hard time about I've taken two weeks off and my own brother told me to chill out, and then the next day comes bragging to me about beating me on the the workout. Yeah, that's good. But, uh, you know, he is my coach, but he can never shake off the role of being my brother as well. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, just you're you're doing so much. I don't think you realize, actually, you're doing so much for the community at large, both Coyote and also our listening audience, because you're proving through the way that you're talking about managing your own path, the things that we've talked about for so many years of – what what's important for you and even being able to say in the middle of that competition arena like what's most important for me right now is doing this workout this way you know like damn the torpedoes this is what i'm going to do you know which and we say that all the time there's yes there is sugar wide but the most important thing is that you're you're making sure that you're competing with yourself you right. know like you are the measurement and to be able to make those decisions like this is best for me and this is what I'm going to do. And that community feel to say, look, there are people around you that are, as you said, probably more invested in this than you are, which is not a true statement. But we know <laughs> what you mean. We know what you mean. So like, we're thankful to have you around and a part of this to be an inspiration for not just people who are wanting to make it to the CrossFit Games, but people who are wanting to make it off the couch, you know, mm-hmm. and to change even the way they're dialing in and eating the way that you've been so public about your your story and one, one of the coolest things that you did is taking to social media, like, here is this picture that I really don't want to be po- – I'd rather burn <laughs> it than post it. But Absolutely. you did. You're like, look, this is where I started and um, and maybe not even where I started. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought I was serious at this point, but mm-hmm. you're doing all those things that those of us that are trying to be as healthy as we possibly can, like, 
we can recognize what we're trying to do and what and what you're doing. You've just doubled down on it, and we're, we're thankful to have you in close proximity to us to be able to see that. And uh, certainly, would wish you the best. Like, so I think probably would have to do to motivate you is say nine. Why weren't you five? Like, this come is, on, yeah, get to work. Yeah. <laughs> right? So what went wrong exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about these wall balls. Stare at that spot on the wall, and let's talk about these wall balls. No, I think it's cool. Here's here's what, and I don't know, we'll probably start transitioning into the most important part of this podcast here in a minute. Um, but we, I think for us being able to see what Coyote started at in our mm-hmm. first gym, and everyone knows everyone, and now as we start to grow, to see the following and the inspiration that I think it does lend to the average person. There's so many things we have in common with someone who's seeking to gain 1% better every day. And no matter what it's like, if it's a ring row, if it's I want to do 30 unbroken, whatever, I think everyone identifies together. And so the inspiration that everybody feels from you and the level that you've been able to, um, to see come to fruition from all the hard work has been really fun. I think Mm -hmm. in a new community for us in Flowwood and, as our gyms grow and you know we're in different cities, all being able to see and draw inspiration, and I think you've been that for uh, young girls, for for everyone, and so uh, that's been really fun for me to see from a different, you know, being in a different building than than we first started at, you yeah. know, working out together Thank seven you. eight years ago. I appreciate that because it's easy to get caught up in my own world, yeah. and I, in my opinion, the only person who cares about my career is me. And so to hear people be encouraged by it makes me want to cry because it is really, it's a uh, fruit for the soul, if that makes sense. Because, you know, like I said, I come in every day and I spend four to five hours by myself working out. And so it's easy to just think about myself continually. So to hear that other people are encouraged by it makes me happy. Protein for the soul. <laughs> there it you is go. Protein, protein, it is jello, jello shots, pucks. pucks. Hold on, me. hold on, guys. <laughs> all right, we got to transition out. We could have this conversation all day. For I think sure. I know what's happening. He's got a Merce over there. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but like, so. uh, it's satchel. Yes, we have to get the outside the box. Is that is that this? I brought gifts. I don't know. Is this gonna, the I'll time? try them live, or uh, do you want to do it next episode? Uh, no, we're I'm, doing I'm it eager. live. We're doing it absolutely. Oh, okay. Okay. So is it is it outside the bag? Is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> outside the merch. <laughs> you just tell us when to eat them, and then we'll tell us say if we like them or not. Are do I gonna, start? Yeah. What are you waiting on? Yeah. Tell us what to do, I don't producer. Know. <laughs> how do, how am I going to put this in fitness pal? What is this? <laughs> this is four grams of protein. No calories. I don't know. It, it looks icky. Uh, jury, jury's still out on the... Uh, it looks like it just got off the transplant chopper. <laughs> it, it does. Somebody it just does. I just pulled, just a, I just pulled a heart out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these are the protein jello shots. Uh, everybody take a slider, a puck. Puck. That, that's puck. the only muffin pan that we had in the house. And okay. I muffin wish pan. if everyone could uh, only see... Hey, well, it smells fantastic. So they are strawberry scent. And I can just grab it with free, my hand. Strawberry scent. Strawberry ascent. Ascent. Oh, oh okay. strawberry ascent. Strawberry ascent. <laughs> just take one. Take a whole slider. I tried, Chase I'm doesn't trying. know the okay. brands of protein. Um, no. Oh no. Oh, oh no. Gosh. All right. They're not. Quite, they're not refrigerator fresh. Well, they were. They've been in the cooler for a minute. Um. Just yeah, take a bite. I just have a bite. So strawberry ascent, strawberry sugar free, and lemon juice. Wow, that's really good. 
Mm. That is so good. Okay. Really All right, good. Chase, do not lie. You and cannot no, lie. Good. Gosh, it is reminding me of something, and then I cannot place it. Childhood airhead. You can't take the, taste the protein at all. No. It reminds me of an airhead. That's how good it tastes. I might have had some Jello this past week from my nieces, and this is better than that. Whoa! Oh, oh my gosh! I hope they literally. Don't hear that. I'm telling you, what I've just discovered. <laughs> Did you almost, hear it? Almost, <laughs> almost wasted. If you can get past the Here way go, it looks, on, I'll talk. <laughs> if you can close your eyes, it tastes great. <laughs> Uh, it's not, I'll have to explain later off the podcast what it tastes like because it's not worth the to me, to me, it tastes like, it literally tastes like an airhead. Yeah, like strawberry. That that strawberry flavor is mm-hmm. so strong, but it doesn't have that kind of like gritty. I even like, yeah, yeah, I like what the protein's doing to the texture of it. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. like a it's protein a smoothie solid. where you're like, yeah, it's this less is a slimy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's a key in that, in that you have to, you go boiling water for the jello. All right. Sugar free. Mix it up. Then you've got to cool it down before you go protein in there. It won't. So you go ice. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt this. I feel like I'm in the treehouse and it's like, first you take the Milo. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you sound like. You s'more you what? <laughs> you've got to you've got to cool it down. So you go mix the jello, then you go ice. Then you shake the ice up, let the ice melt. It adds a little bit of water but it cools it to room temperature. Then you mix the protein in there, and then you just shake it. You've got to shake it for a little bit longer. Do you have you access to the the podcast Instagram? I do. You should post what those look like. Oh, I do. With yeah. the link on to. how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Put, yeah. Like, I actually have been, I've had a lot of DMs meant. about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot of Good people. Good for you. Especially summertime. I'm happy for you. Yeah. After all the crap we gave you that's, over the past month. just part of what we and do. And here's the thing. Yeah. Here's what you're missing. If you go to the fridge, like straight from the fridge, this has been in the cooler. Mm. For three hours. Mm. If you go straight from the fridge, they're ice cold. It is, it's a Delectable. The Can you whole give us thing, the macro breakdown? The, it literally is four grams of protein plus whatever sugar-free jello is, which I don't think is anything. Think like zero? Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty close to zero. See, I would so be it's literally like, just protein. So yeah. instead of doing a shake, you can Pull go through a whole muffin pan. <laughs> yeah. You can go through a whole muffin pan of jello. It gives you something to do, yeah. but your only macros are your scoops of protein. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. That is good. Yeah. yeah. So good that has been treat. my outside the I box corrected. and my recommends. I stand corrected. So. <laughs> oh, I think that that was the whole outside the box segment. We're on the recommends now. Oh, we are. Yeah. 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 So clearly, Caleb recommending Pucks, Pucks. by Caleb. What's What's the name of the company? Gosh. Did we name pending. it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Puck. It's TBD. It's hard to make the not like Puck you joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it feels like it might catch on. Pucks you up. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right recommends okay, we just stunned to caleb <laughs> man now i do have to come up with a business model yeah you really do recommends i'm, su- I'm so surprised you haven't already i recommend you researched business models and when to implement MLMs. them start there <laughs> meredith knows how this works here with the new it, this is just free for all yeah it, just recommend whatever you want it's it mostly matter. like what you're into outside the gym which to be fair, kind of sounds like you're not into anything outside the gym. <laughs> I do have a little bit of a screw loose there, so <laughs> only in the gym. Uh, we can we can only hope that like something happens in the vehicle on the way to the gym or on the way to your job. Hey, I watch a little bit of Netflix. Okay, all right. I got you, I do got a Hulu re- recommend, but I'm stealing this one from my sister. It's called Candy on Hulu. Seen it. <gasps> Jessica Biel also recommend. Really, it's Is really good? good. Is it good? Also, Suck recommend. She right in. But what I would say it? I what think it's it? it's a little bit more of a woman's show. 
Sorry, Caleb. <laughs> Which is why I recommend it. <laughs> kind of like Jello, but that's not stopped in Yeah, yet. I also brought my person here. <laughs> I'm only going to tell you the first episode because that's as far as I've gotten. But it's already sucked You already, in. hold on. This is, again, Ben did this Thank too. you. Thank ben, you. Ben just, Ben last week. When you know, you know. Yes, it's that good. I mean, Caleb backed me up, so you can't back, go thing. back on it. Yeah. yeah. So um, basically, it's these two um, women, how would you call them, housewives? Yep. In the 60s? This is... It's, uh, it's based on a true story. Ooh, this is... Uh, is it 80s? It Maybe 80s. 80s. I think it's 80s. Yeah. And all of a sudden, one comes up dead. We don't know what happened to her, but we're pretty yeah, sure we the other one has something to do with it. She was not only dead, she was... She was... Axe murdered. Axe murdered with Oof. 50 axe choppings. Ooh. She was... How do you she was, counting 50 no, chops they, from an axe? they had to count. That's not my job, and I don't, I don't know... Now the name really intrigued job. me. But anyway, Candy, yeah. yeah, it's it's a murder mystery kind of thing, mm-hmm. whether you know you're into that thing or not. Mm-hmm. But it's a uh, JT's in it, Justin Timberlake, her husband. Yeah, little spoiler alert. Wow, he's in there. So I really like that guy. <laughs> I do too. Not at a froning level, but close. <laughs> you know, what froning. I mean? You want to like go live on the farm? Like that's where we're at. Yeah, JT. Exactly, he's like, yeah. what am I doing at work for the day? Like, yeah. why am I not? How do I get out? more manly? I'm, oh, I'll sell bison. That's what I'll do. I'll raise bison with the family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, I did have a. This is a departure here, but it is a question. You talk about uh, eight hours of sleep. People have these like weird recommends around their sleep routines. Mm. Are you just one of those people that's like, you know what? And fall in bed. Or do you have like the chili pad or you got the mask or the sound machine? Um, so I got chili pad for sure. And that okay. was a game changer when it came to my sleep. See, everybody looks into these and they're like, no way. There's no way. But everybody that has one, it's like, you're stupid if you don't spend that money. Yes. And it, and it has a fan in it. So it creates a sound machine. So even if sometimes I'm not hot, I still turn it on for that constant sound. Looks but, like I'm going to have to DoorDash, make a little money so I can get a chili pad. Yes. I mean, seriously, I've, that's my number one recommend yeah, when it comes to sleeping. I've never heard a single person not Regret say it. that it was worth it. Yeah. You have one as well? I do not. What, what are you waiting on? Sell those Jello shots. and <laughs> You can get yours. refurbished ones for like cheaper, I'm pretty sure. People huh. have laid on it? No, no, it was probably like it didn't pla- pass uh, quality control or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they yeah. had to like fix it. Or Oh, yeah, you're a warehouse guy. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's how you fake rich. Moving the needle for me is like <laughs> half a wall ball, not five wall balls. Like mm. 20 points. I don't operate mm. in points, so <laughs> so yeah. I'm still good. Yeah. Lately, my uh, I don't have a lot of outside the box. It's like the time of year in the South where you're like always – involved with maintenance of something you're cutting your grass or i've got two teenagers or cutting your so, finger yeah or cutting your fingers well, that's another episode um lately i have been consuming ungodly amounts of smallville and i think i was doing that last time we recorded but um are you no there's really really great shows from that era you guys familiar with Smallville? Yeah, my my middle school self just explain jumped it a, for the the non lay Well, it's kind of like the it's the backstory on Superman and life on the farm, and he grows up in this farming community called Smallville that was hit with this meteor shower that also his ship arrived, and it's just all of how that works out. But the most interesting part about the show, I should say, full disclosure, um, I have two teenage sons, and the females on the show. Like, I've, I physically watched them change their posture on the couch 
when Lana shows up and then Lois shows up. Lois Lane. That's Lo- right. Lois, how should we say? Lois is talented genetically. And so my son's She'd be good like, at CrossFit. They were, she would be great at CrossFit. Um, let's stop all those jokes there. But that's what pulled them in. The interesting thing for me, though, is it's, it lasts 10 seasons. Mm-hmm. Smallville goes 10 seasons. That's like Friends, Are these right? our episodes, like the 50 yeah, minute? Yeah, like 40, 40 something. It's back, you know, when commercials and things. But um, the way they've had to adjust the show over time for the storyline but also to keep it keep it interesting, like, okay, he saves a person. Wow. You know? Uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's pretty good. There are a lot of shows from that era that are like, they don't hold up. But Smallville, is, it's worth watching. I would say for adults, like, if you're, you know, cooking or something, one of those, we talk about shows that are that. You just have them going kind of in the background. This is one of those. Where do you watch it? Uh, Hulu, actually. Mm. Yeah, Hulu. I'll drop Netflix, which I'm kind of regretting. But. On the other side of that, the main character is a very good-looking guy. Uh, Didn't know that. I, I will. I will confirm. He's wildly attractive. Yeah, <laughs> he was in a. I think Cheaper Brother Dozen. Yes. yes, and he looked very Superman. Yeah, I don't know how they pulled that off, but uh, he looks really, really Superman. I can see him in the bottom right of my TV. Just like lots of flashbacks of like Smallville this Friday. Uh huh. Spin turn. ABC Spin turn. Family. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And the guy, I can't remember the guy's name that plays uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, what is this guy's name? Mm. Anyway, he's got an incredible podcast where he's Lex he, Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's not Lex Luthor. In real life, he has a full head of hair, which kind of made me not like him, but I got over it. <laughs> but he invites all these people from the early two thousands that were on all these shows that just kind of vanished, and he pulls them on and he interviews them, and they're they're all kind of connected in some weird way. It's just. Mm. Pretty fascinating. You can take the deep dive on that. I, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember the guy's name. But besides Jello, here's what we're doing. We're going to. We'll be uh, Colorado in two weeks. Uh, Sarah and I are going, and we've been researching some of the hikes to do. So if anybody mm-hmm. has any recommendations on that, please reach out. But we're Denver. Um, we're going to be in Denver for four days, and we're going to be in Rocky Mountain National Park or Grand Lake area in the north part of the state for four days. Boulder University of Boulder has. A place where you can get a tube and float down the river. Okay, in the yeah. middle of campus, it's we'll be so near. Fun. We'll be near-ish Boulder where yeah. we're staying down. Yeah, near Denver. it's really cool. Cool. Yep. So we've been researching that. I'm a little worried. I'm a. I'm kind of scared of heights, and I don't. Colorado I'm having, is up there. I'm. <laughs> I'm having these reservations now. I'm just like, man. Even driving, like I'm already my hands start to sweat a little bit <laughs> thinking about it. And some of these hikes, and Sarah's like, yeah, we're going to do this hike. It's only nine miles. They said difficult, but, you know, it's you're only on the ledge for a couple hours. And I'm like, I just, I'm laying in bed at night now. I'm like two weeks away, and I'm just praying that the weather comes in, and we have to take, like, the family route around the lake, you know. And not I'm the, totally picturing those hikes that they show on, on YouTube, quick YouTube videos. There's this one ladder. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's you're a wrong every four feet or something yeah. that you have to, you know, like. Slight bouldering. Yeah. The only problem is the mist. But other than that, you know. Hilarious. So funny. Uh, all right. Well, so travels. Good luck with your yeah, travels. So we'll be. Uh, don't fall. Yeah, don't fall. Whatever you do. Don't. And don't. I feel more sure of myself. I'm more the more the uh, anticipation of the fall. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the moment, I'm well prepared. Michael Rosenbaum is the guy's name. I know everybody was like trying to the Google his drive. Yeah, yeah, the Smallville guy that plays Lex Luthor, and 
Um, yeah, that's him, Michael Rosenbaum. Hey, we should probably end this. Great. People have things to do. smooth sounds.